This is uh, an interview with Leonie Mansbridge as part of the Puaka Matariki Festival interview series. My name is Kath Cocker and I'd like to quickly give a shout out to 91FM and I'm just waiting for Leonie to join us so that we can have a conversation. Thanks. Kia ora, Leone. How's it going? Leone, this is Leone Mansbridge, who lives in Perth, and she's one of the artists that we're interviewing for the interview series for the Puaka Matariki 2020. My name is Kath Cocker, and um, I'd, I'd also like to give a quick shout-out to 91FM, and also to Nocturnal Projections and other small happenings. Okay, kia ora. Leone, how's it going over there in Perth? What's happening in Victoria? What's happening in Victoria? Oh, just with their, um, you know, they've, they've, they've got another outbreak with all their, you know, COVID cases. Um, yeah. People aren't listening. People aren't um, sticking to, you know, isolating. And, yeah, there's a lot of not very smart people around, I think. You know, professional people have been yeah. caught going to work that have been tested positive. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But our, our premier is good. He's not opening the borders. So, um, yeah, things have been things have been okay. Yeah, sure. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk to you about your artwork. <laughs> and oh, cool. <laughs> and I was just wondering if you could uh, talk to us about your artwork and tell tell us what your work is about. I you had an okay. exhibition quite recently, didn't you, in Perth? Yes, yes. Was that, that... Uh, I've had um, well three were cancelled, but I was quite well into the white world so um, 
it's taken all these years and I'm finally know who I am now. So I'm, I'm uh, you know, my, my, my whole practice is, is exploring my cultural identity and colonization. Sure. So as an artist, um, I'm a conceptual artist. Yes. So, um, ideas of, ideas come foremost before my actual work. Yeah. Um, so this body of work I've done, I'm doing for um, Borders is, um, it's interesting, I'm using a lot of uh, Dulux house paints, which are, are a New Zealand range. So it's, I question this idea of um, appropriation. Oh, yeah. Where colonisation silenced our culture. Yeah. Through assimilation, but now they sort of, um, you know, you, you see this kind of... Um, tapping back into the Maori-ness with, with symbols, identity, and um, I find it interesting that this Dulux paint range has been using Maori names, place names for their paints. So um, I'm really interested in the language of materials. So the body of work I've done is um, just using these paints, these paints called tikuiti, uh, kerikeri, uh, so they're all Maori place names. And um, I'm working on old maps. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm just, it's very simple, but I'm dividing and subdividing but using with coloured pieces. So it talks about how our land was taken away. Yeah. And also... Also, how our identities were divided up and they were trying to, you know, so to be an authentic Maori, you had to be full, not, you know, where we're Maori, Maori culture is all about sort of, it's about your whakapapa, not how much blood you have on you. Yeah. So, um, so that's for one exhibition. And oh, the other that sounds work, interesting, yeah. Um, I'm actually... I'm working in, in landscape, sort of very conceptual, abstracted landscape. Yeah. Still using the Dulux paints. Um, and um, I use lots of bright, unnatural colours. Oh, good. I want to, I, I want to uh, talk about that the landscape and images that we see. There's more to it. As, as Māori, you're connected to the land and it's a spiritual connection, which something the West, they could take everything away from us, but they can never take that connection. Yeah. So um, I'm working on old um, old prints that I find at op shops that are already framed. Yeah. So it's this idea that I am um, repainting over these images to restory a history Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, and, you know, the land's very important to me. Um, even though I don't live back in Aotearoa, um, I still carry connection with me. And I, I have photographs that I kind of use, but I, and I immerse myself in that space when I paint. So, um, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's what my work's about at the moment. Wow, that sounds pretty good. That sounds really interesting. I do, I have looked at landscape a bit from that 
uh, cultural perspective because it's such a loaded, loaded environment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I have been to um, quite a few sort of, you know, overseas Indigenous um, conferences and doesn't matter what part of the world, what Indigenous um, connection you are, you've all got the same values and the land's very important. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, as Māori, we look at it as a living being and part of who we are because we connect through our whakapapa and our pepiha. So, um, yeah, it's really, really sort of a, you know... What a, does... Can you just... Powerful, yeah. Explain those words for the whakapapa and pepiha for the viewers. Oh, okay, um, so your whakapapa is your your um, genealogy and it's how you, you know, you connect back. But then we always we connect back to our tribe and our iwi. And, but we always connect back to Papa Tanuka and uh, Ranginui, so Mother Earth and Father Sky. Um, and our pepiha is kind of, it's our where where we our Tiranga Waiwai, where our, our place to stand. So it's our where we connect to our um, mountain, our river, our marae, and our iwi. Ah, oh right, yeah. That's so. Whereabouts? Um, where, which so, part? So my iwi, my iwi is Ngati Manua Porto. Um, my marae is um, uh, Opereri, which is just, it, it's in Tekawiti. Oh, right. My father lived at Opereri when he was a young boy. Um, and he was born in um, Tekawiti. Yeah. And my Maori papa comes from his side. Oh, my mother yeah. is um, Pakia, and I just look like my mother. <laughs> so, you know, I'm in yeah. another sort of in between space which my PhD was about about being you know looking white not quite belonging and not finding my place yeah I can relate to that one um yeah that's a it's a it's quite a big topic at the moment because there's so many people that do have a similar similar cultural um mix really eh? yeah yeah and there's and definitely we were, Oh, sorry. We were, not, we were denied it through colonisation. I mean, they've done a really good job of sort of, um, you know, um, you know, trying to dissolve us, trying to silence us through their um, their discourse and rhetoric. Oh, it's true. The first thing is, oh, you don't really look it. Yeah, yeah. You don't sound and, like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, you have to, um, and, and, and like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm over 60 and it's taken me years and years to feel confident enough to say I'm Māori because yeah. I don't look Māori. Um, I'm actually learning te reo at the moment, but, um, you know, um, but now I, I, I know who I am and I stand up for myself and... You know, you get those looks, sometimes just a slight nuance of people think, mm, you know, what's this Pākehā girl doing? But anyway, um, they insult me, not only me, but also my ancestors, my two partners. So, you know, I stand my ground now. Yeah, good. 
Yeah, that's good. I know there's a, especially in art, there's that whole conversation goes down pretty hard out. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it can be quite painful. But um, so how do you, how, how does living in Australia kind of um, inform your work? Like how, how do you think it changes it or? Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I just, um, this is very subjective. So it's nothing, um, but I kind of feel a lot of people aren't that interested in my work. Oh. Uh, I think people are interested in the Australian Aboriginal work because it seems to be the thing. Yeah. I don't think many Australians are really interested. Look, I'm just, this is my experience of other cultures. So I'm not. Yeah, sure. Apart from my art people that understand my practice and know where I'm coming from and they can, you know, um, Yes, I, I, I just, I, I struggle to try and get a, a presence, you know, I just, and then when, when you do talk about your work and people go, oh, wow, that's really interesting, but I don't know whether it would be different back home um, because all my work is connected to my Maori culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a, but, you know, it's, it's not only that. I mean, the heart, the art world, it's a hard place, you know. What, it is. Any creative person trying to make a, trying to, you know, get a grip and get a hold of something. So, yeah, it's a funny space. Yeah, it is a funny space. I agree. It's, there's a lot of I contradictions and ironies within it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you... Do, would you... Because when I see your work, I kind of think of abstract paintings i think okay, it's got yeah. an abstract element to it but i i'm not a hundred percent you know yeah yeah um i can see landscape yeah 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 when I, when, if i talk about my work i mean i offer clues i do have irony my work's always there's always been some irony in it um I remember I did a body of work about my granny who couldn't read or write, and um, I find and she signed her name with a cross. I mean, but you know, she spoke she was, spoke two languages. She Maori, yeah. she was midwife, but she never had any confidence in herself. And I did this big neon yeah. white cross, and I thought to myself, "There, are, granny, you finally got your name up in lights." Yeah, good. So my work. Is kind of oh that gave me you know, shivers. It's, just, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really it's serious, but then underneath, underneath, you know, you don't you can just look at it as kind of fun. Um, and yeah, this idea of um, what what year? I think, oh. I think titles offer a key. Yeah, that to yeah. To my work. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm not going to paint a landscape because there's there's more to just painting a landscape i yeah. am <laughs> i painting agree landscapes but it's more about my perspective and my space and lots of the marks are really informed um I, you know a lot of my works i've been putting um like they look, might look like ladders but they're actually a reference to railway lines and that ah. you know, um 
you know, and I always use, I have an iconology of, um, I've always used dots. I've used dots for about 20 years and they represent stories, storytelling is another way of um, telling stories through, um, you know, um, it could be oral stories, storytelling. Yeah. Um, so there's always kind of dots, but then they could represent stones in the river, but it's... Um, I put some dots in because it's I'm restoring, I'm retelling a history of how this land was taken from us. Um, yeah. Just yeah, just so really – oh, sorry. I just wanted to no, ask – gonna... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to ask you quickly, how old would, would your grandmother be now? Oh. Just to oh, get a context. Oh, okay. So she was, she would be, um, oh, just over a hundred. My father's 93. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she'd be well over a hundred. So she brought, she brought my dad up and she lived in Aria in the King country. Oh, wow. Aria. Yeah. Little farm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was, I just, she was about 13. I was 13 when she passed away, but you know, she brought my dad up. Yeah. His, his mother died young, so, yeah. She wouldn't have been alone and not being able to read and write, I would imagine. Oh, no, no. But, In that you know, era. Used to, Dad used to tell stories that, that they would go into Tikawiti and she'd always take a pound note and she'd always use a pound note because she always knew that that would cover whatever she was buying and she'd get change back. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, right. She was a local midwife. She would just jump on her horse and ride the country and, wow. you know, spoke Maori English, but, you know, never felt like she fitted in because she was trying to, trying to best. So, yeah. That must be quite interesting, eh? Because there, there would be a difference if you don't, like her, her interaction with, that, with the, the world of capitalism would yeah, have yeah, been quite yeah. a scary one on her side, I would imagine. Well, that's, yeah, and that's why, you know, she said Granny always used a pound note because she knew she wouldn't have to try and count or look at the change, but she knew it'd be enough to cover whatever they were buying. Yeah. And then she said she would go home with this flower bag full of change. Oh, wow. Which she didn't know what to do, but, she, but he said... Her sons always knew what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. It's good to have children, eh? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I did interrupt you there. You were talking about your work. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, look, I, I, I could just keep talking and talking. You ask questions. Okay. Um. How so? We when you first started as an artist, how different is your practice from the beginning of when you first started seriously being oh, an I artist? Started, yeah, when I first started, I mean that was twenty plus years ago. I was always interested in injustice, but I didn't quite understand why. You know, I did and and measuring. I did a lot of work with, which is very kind of installation work and I work with rulers and books and I always was always talking about how um, they kind of 
you know, you measure your intelligence by what you read and and it wasn't till I went to uni and started my BA and things started to fit together, you know, and I started to look oh, back yeah. and reflect on my practice. Um and those times, there was a lot of installation work. I used a lot of blankets, and I was really yeah. interested in the blanket and uh, as a colonising tool. Yeah. Um, and stitching and, yeah, and I think it just really developed. And then someone, uh, one of my lecturers told me about the third space in Fannin, and um, kind of from there, things just started to grow. And um, But I do look back and reflect, and I can see the way I was working, but I didn't under, quite understand why these things interested me. Yeah, sure. And, and now, you know, after three or four degrees, yeah, it's all it's all kind of it's all fitted in. So, um, so my my practice is an informed practice. Yeah. But my ideas, they they are the ones that trigger the artwork. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always have, I just can't go and make some marks for the sake of making marks or just go and yeah. make something. There's something behind it. And I think playing, I do still use a lot of books. Um, but playing, I um, things lead to something else and on and on. But, you know, at the moment, I think... After finishing five years of writing and research, I still research, but I don't have to. So there's a there's a really nice difference. Yeah, <laughs> because for writing's sure. my not my forte. I mean, me like my granny. I was I, I was dyslexic. I I um, when I was at school, I was I only wish my headmistress was alive now. But when I was in school, <laughs> I was put in the special class for slow learners. Oh, so. I, I, um, I didn't, you know, I, I kind of think that education only um, works for a certain amount of people. But I've learned, like my granny, I think I learned systems to cope and I managed. And, like, you know, here I am um, with a PhD. Yeah, good on you. Uh, Congratulations so, on that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Was it harder than your master's? I just have to ask. Or easy. Oh. I didn't know, you could do your PhD, Cass, you know, like I did my master's by coursework, so it was more about making and not so much writing. Oh, yeah. And um, I had a good friend who was my, my tutor and she she's kind of um, in a similar space as me but more um, Malaysian and she just said, you know, just do your PhD, you know, it's so interesting what, you, what you're doing and I thought about it for a couple of years and then I thought, well, I can't hang around if I don't try. So, um, yeah, yeah, I still kind of, I look back at my writing and my thesis and I think, oh, my God, that sounds so cool. I can't believe I wrote it. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. It's kind of like it falls out, isn't it, more than it yeah, yeah. in a kind of way. But nothing's changed at home. I'm still the domestic goddess. Oh, good. I'm still, you know. That's a good skill. So, I wish I had a domestic goddess in my house because it's not me. Oh. <laughs> or a domestic god would be fine. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You've got a fantastic house. I have seen your images on Facebook of that. 
yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my husband says, because, you know, being an artist, and, like, I collect things, you know. I, I use yeah. a lot of globes and books, and he keeps on saying, no more shit in the house. That's <laughs> nuts. <laughs> I, I have to start putting some artwork on the ceilings, too. So. Oh, good. That would look great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a question that I was going to ask. I've just got to remember it now. Uh, oh, it's gone. Um, what was the last exhibition you were in? That- um, it was at a nice gallery. Um, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so I was in a group exhibition with four other artists that I all studied with. Oh, yeah, cool. But, um, and I did, yeah, I, I did my landscape paintings, so that was... But I'm, I'm, um, I really need to be able to exhibit back home in Aotearoa. Yeah. Um, I've written to a few galleries trying to Good. get out there. Um, and, and there is a Pacific Arts residency I'd love to do in Wairarapa. Oh, cool. Um, so I, I really, as soon as the borders are open, that's what I need to do. Yeah. I just like to be out in the landscape and just kind of immerse myself in that space and see what happens. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like, I've got a whole studio full of work. Um, I've, I think I've been working on every piece of board, frames, canvas, whatever I've had up in my studio when we've been in lockdown. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm good. running out of space, but um, <laughs> I am just building up for a, um, I'm applying for next year for a solo exhibition. Oh, fantastic. Whereabouts? Yeah. Or uh, There's a couple of places. Uh, one's ECU, which is at Edith Cowell University, have a gallery. Oh, yeah. And um, there's another space in Dwelling Up, which is about 100 k's from here. It's called Lost Eden, so it's um, out, out in the country, so... Um, yeah, so I'm interested in, in those. So I thought, yeah, it's, you know, I need to have a big body of work so I don't panic when I've, when I've got an exhibition. Yeah, sure. Uh, coming up and then I've got to do all this work, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that sounds really good. There's, there's actually quite a few residencies in New Zealand that you could apply for, but I can talk to you about those later. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after yeah. we've wrapped up no, on this. I mean, I'm just finding stuff by researching online, so any contacts would be fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I, I, we probably have to wrap the interview up, so I'll just okay. do that really quickly. Um, I'd just like to say thank you very much for uh, for coming on board for the interview. Leonie, it's been really good talking to you, and I'm really interested to see what you come up with in the future. And oh, thanks. yeah, um, uh, and also I'd like to just uh, give another shout out for 91FM and the Puaka Matariki Festival and Nocturnal Projections and other small happenings. My name is Kath Hocker. Thank you all very much. Thank, thank you listeners for listening. My name is Kath Hocker from Nocturnal Projections and other small happenings. I was interviewing Leonie Mansbridge in Perth as part of the Puaka Matariki Festival 2020. Quick shout out to 91FM for their support, Puakamak Matariki Festival and Ben Jarman for the sounds. Good night listeners. Poor Marie.